Welcome to the C2C Podcast. I am your host, Derek Anderson. After holding my first event in 2010, I went on to create Startup Grind, a 400-chapter community based in over 100 countries. Along the way, I discovered the greatest marketing tool of all time, your customers. Yet, I couldn't find anyone sharing how to build a community where people could experience your brand in person or at scale. On this show, we talk with the brightest minds and companies on the planet about how to build customer-to-customer marketing strategies and create in-person experiences for your brand and customers before your competitor does. John Fry from the Bevy team here, and I'm extremely excited to announce our next interview with Patrick Hill, who's currently a community manager at Sketch. Now, if you're not familiar with Sketch, they have skyrocketed to become a staple in the creative community, and they did the right thing, which was doubling down and investing on their in-person communities. Derek and Patrick touched on a lot of great topics in this episode. They talked about how building a community is a great way to dig a space for yourself within your market and differentiate yourself because anyone can just come in and copy features. Community is a great way to do that. How they're managing over 100 cities, I'll say it again, over 100 cities with local events. How to focus on picking healthy growth metrics and not just focus on vanity metrics and what you need to look for when you're finding local ambassadors to run your events. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Patrick, thanks for being here. Absolutely, Derek. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing at Sketch and what Sketch is. Definitely. So Sketch is a UI UX program. And I am on the community side. So Sketch has a community team. And and this is separate from customer support. I think sometimes people blur those lines. But the community team's job is to manage a group of ambassadors that we have that are spread across the world. We have 109 ambassadors. And currently, we have about 40,000 members that participate in regular meetups. And so recently, Sketch has decided to expand that team. And we tripled it, which is just moving from one person to three people. But we've tripled the team in, in order to provide better support for ambassadors and community members. And how does, why has Sketch, or what value has Sketch gotten out of that? And why have they decided to put more into it? I think the biggest thing is a conversation. When you're developing a product, it's very easy to kind of operate in a vacuum and only make decisions based on you and the people you're collaborating directly with. And What's happened now is that that's been opened up and said that that collaboration can happen amongst the entire community. And that conversation really helps steer the direction of certainly the product. But you also have a case where you're moving people from being just users of a product to fans to then wanting to kind of proselytize on behalf of you. And that's a really, really powerful thing. Yeah. And, and, these ambassadors that are running these programs, I assume they're customers, they're users, they're not team members, they're not employees. Completely. And in fact, the ambassador, you know, the, that concept was not something that Sketch just woke up one morning and decided to do. Initially, there were some groups that just began meeting organically. They were already holding design meetups locally. And, you know, they reached out to Sketch to say, we love your product. And so we're just already doing this thing. And Sketch began offering support and then it's grown from there. But yes, all the all the ambassadors are volunteers. They're just people that kind of live at this intersection of being passionate about a community and being passionate about a product. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a lot of these really great community movements start with this sort of organic spark of somebody discovering it themselves or 
just taking their own initiative and getting after it and then, you know, sort of trying to make waves. They'll apologize later if they break something. But sure. it's definitely a common thread between a lot of different communities that the users just sort of say, we want this, whether you're going to support it or not, like we're doing it. And then the great companies sort of see that and latch onto it. And then eventually, you know, as it sounds like it's happening there, start supporting it a lot, which is really cool to hear. Absolutely. How could you not? I mean, if you have a group of people that just want to pick up a flag and run with it, how, how could you not get behind that? Well, and well, I mean, that's a great point. But I think what a lot of people say is like the, their first question be like, why are they doing that? What's the ROI for us? And how, how are like, how are we, are we make, are we going to monetize this or how are we going to capitalize on this? And in some ways it's like, look, it's, you just got to like pour some gasoline on it and whatever it is, it's positive. It's good. So just like let it roll, let it run. But a lot of people, they just sort of get wrapped up in sort of focusing on the wrong things with it. And then they end up getting in a committee that can't make a decision. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I think from my perspective and, and I'll say I'm, I'm very community focused, probably I'll say that's one thing that Sketch has been great about is not being, you know, certainly everybody has, every company has business objectives, right? You have goals that you're, you're trying to reach everything that you're doing. You have finite resources as far as people, you know, time, money. And so those have to be directed in a uh, manageable and productive way. So I understand all of those things. And that being said, Sketch has been very good about kind of being loose with the reins, right? Allowing the ambassadors to really take it the direction they want to. And then from the perspective of the actual community team, allowing them to really focus on building healthy groups of people. So certainly there are objectives wrapped up in there. But, you know, from my perspective, if we only focus on a product and we only focus on a feature set, then the day someone comes out with a, you know, a feature that's better, like a blip on the map, then your product's kind of sunk at that point. And so from my perspective, if if we have buy-in in the community, if we've kind of established those deep roots, that that creates something that is much deeper and much longer lived. Most people are probably listening to this and are not watching it because I don't know where you would watch it unless you're like looking through the window of one of our respective <laughs> environments. But I notice you're you're a beard person. You have you have a beard for those at home that don't know. I wonder, do you find that the community respects you more with or without a beard? <laughs> is that is it a company mandated thing or is this just something you've it should be. The so actually the first thing you would notice if we were in the room together, I'm six foot seven and And three, I am not. <laughs> I, and I wish I was. I am I am the size of an adult brown bear, just so you know. So if you've if you've never seen one in person, when we hang out, you can kinda like size up. So that's what you would notice first. I try to be the the happy, lovable, kind of big personality in the room. But certainly the beard also contributes to that. So 109 cities, it's pretty amazing. How big can it be? Like what what are the aspirations for it? How far can it stretch? So what we're in the process of right now is really trying to determine what healthy growth looks like. As far as how can it how big can it be? There's every day a stream of people ask like saying, you know, raising their hand saying I I want to do this, I want to take this on. And what we want to make sure that we're doing is that we're equipping those people well because running a meetup is not from an organizer standpoint is is not necessarily an easy thing i think you know it is very easy to be naive about what that process looks like and certainly we want to make sure we have people that are are aligned with our value set and are representing us well but more importantly than that are just building really good strong 
community locally. And so the the question right now is less about how big can it be, but how can we make sure it's healthy at any size and then scale that up? And that, that's really where we're sitting right now. I love that. And what is the optimal community? Like what's the optimal health level? What does that mean? If I'm, if I'm a healthy, good community, what am I contributing to the sketch community? So I think there's a couple pieces. So if I take sketch out of it and I just think about people having relationships with each other, there are things that are global. Being welcoming to everyone is a global value, encouraging participation locally, not just only highlighting the rock stars, but really highlighting the the people that that form that foundation. Things like consistency and seeking out local support. These are all things that globally are are good values that help create a community that can have legs, that's that's healthy. There are also things that you need to take into consideration locally that we can't. There are, you know, the the way you would operate a community in, even if I'm thinking in Texas, San Antonio can look a lot different than what you would do in Austin, can look a lot different than what you would do in Houston. And certainly we're talking about global. I mean, I would say the minority of our meetups are in America. So it's very easy for me to have a limited perspective and i have to i have to realize that there's big cultural differences and implications there's big social differences and so what we're trying to do is make sure that we're inst- instilling those values that we see as being global values but also giving people room to tailor it to their again their local community their local culture environment so it's something that we have to kind of we have to meet our ambassadors halfway it's not a job that we can take on completely and it's not a job that they should have to take on completely we have to find that balance yeah that's a great observation. And it seems like, you know, whenever you either starting to set one of these up or once you get going in it, that's sort of give and take. You've got to you sort of like work it and massage it until you figure out like, look, like what can what can we actually do that's going to add value in your life that's within reason of what our company can actually support? And then what can you do with that's in reason for you to actually support us and to carry the torch for our community or to, you know, for us to carry it together? And there's all sorts of it feels like the people that are, this is such an early, I feel like concept that there's certainly a lot of companies doing it, but there's a lot of companies that aren't doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's more, it's as much finesse and sort of trial and error as anything. And I wonder if you've, if you've, if you all have experienced that where you said, Hey, we, you know, we thought this was going to be so valuable, but it, it had turned out not to be, or we didn't think this was valuable, but people thought it really was. I love trial and error. So I, I, before, moving into this role of community focus, I was actually a developer for several years. And the whole mindset of a developer is we want to, you know, MVP solution, release early and then iterate over time through like gaining feedback from users and, and that type of thing. And so that's the perspective I also want to to bring to the community efforts we're making here. So it, it of course has been trial and error. I mean, we Again, part of the reason that we're in the process of redefining some of these guidelines and in trying to find ways of, you know, gamifying positive habits is because we have found out over time there are things that don't work as well and things that do work exceptionally well. So, but it's just trial and error. And that's the, I think that's kind of the place that I like to live in. I don't want to try to get something perfect and just drop it. I would rather just, I would rather put something out too quickly and it not quite work and get feedback and then pivot than hold on to something too long that could have been very helpful. We've had some communities who have sort of said geographically, we only care about these, let's say 50 cities, or we only care about these 100 cities. And when we were building Startup Grind, 
you know, we basically just said, as long as we can find somebody that sort of matches our values and sort of gets what we're doing and shares our mission and what we're trying to do, then like, we don't care where you are, we'll do it. Now, that always wasn't the most, that resulted in some things that weren't positive or as positive sure. as we, we hope they would be. And also, as a we're sort of less driven from a business standpoint and more of like an impact standpoint. But as a the business of Sketch, how do you all look at where you're going to go and when you go into those places? Do you care where where they are? Do you look at it based on people? Do you say, no, we just if we can just hit these places, then we think we're going to be covered? So I there's a couple of things. I do believe that you are more likely to be successful if you have already been involved in a group. And I don't mean organizing a group. It could just be attending. I don't, again, in wanting to set people up for success and to help them be able to build healthy relationships, if you have someone that hasn't lived in the area very long, if they've never attended another group, if they've never you know, tried to actively participate, then that's probably not someone that's going to be successful even if they're a power user of your product. And so that's one thing to consider. Another thing is because we recognize that, you know, this can really start to feel like work at a certain point <laughs> as an, from an organizer standpoint, we want to at least have pairs of people that are putting on these events. So if someone reaches out to us and they're in a city and they're alone, we want to help them pair up with someone else. And if we can't find someone or they can't find someone to pair up with, then we think it's too early for them to jump into holding meetups. So again, we want you to have support, not just from us, but we also want you to have support locally. And we prefer people that are already established in a community, already know what a healthy community looks like. Let's talk about authenticity of people running these groups and, and sort of making sure that you know, getting, you're getting authentic, real people. And the, you know the community is kind of getting more of a critical mass of those kinds of people. How do you how do you look at that? How do you measure someone's authenticity inside of a community environment? That is a difficult question to answer. And I would actually love to know what your answer is for it. For me personally, I, I value one-on-one -on -one conversations where I can have them. I, I think there is, I don't even know how I would put it in words, but I think there are, are flags that can be raised when you're talking to people. So as far as setting up someone with a group, that's a one-on-one -on -one conversation. As far as a group do you do that? Do you get on and interview each person before they start a group? Yes. Now, there are groups that are already established that I also am trying to to reach out and connect with people that I haven't had a chance to at this point. But yes, yeah. the new groups that are coming on, I, I try to talk to them as much as I can. Great. So it's, again, there are other people involved and it's not always possible and there can be language barriers and things like that. But where it's possible, I certainly one-on-one -on -one conversation from an organizer holding a meetup, I, I think that the reason it's important to me to know that someone is coming from a kind of genuine place is because I think that the people that are attending, the the people that are actually showing up, you know, at once a month or whenever it is, they can really kind of sniff out those ulterior motives, even if in like a subconscious way. And so it's important that you know, we're, we're not trying to put a bunch of salespeople on stage. That's not what we're trying to do. We, the, the people that we want to promote are people that want to add value to other people within their local community. Like that that's their primary goal is how can I add value to a group of people that I care about? That's what we want. Yeah, I think that what we used to try to do is try to set things up where we could sort of figure out if someone shared the values and was authentic, you know, without having to ask them, obviously. It's sort of like the interview questions. Like I, I want to learn, I want to figure out how you 
solve problems. So I'm going to ask you like how you would count golf balls in a, you know, if a car was full of golf balls or something like that. So you, you kind of like say like, Hey, like one thing that I know we, we would sometimes get people and they, they'd say like, it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm the right person for this. Like get on the phone with me and talk to me. We'd say, yeah, like actually you need to fill out this application you need to do this, you need to do this. And they'd be like, no, 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 no. Like I am, I am the right guy. I'm the right gal. Like you just need to pick me or, or like just get on the phone with me. We'll talk through it. You'll see. And we learned that just we would, even if they were super connected or they knew everybody or they, they are, maybe sometimes they even had a group already that they were running mm-hmm. that could immediately be successful because they knew what they're doing. People with that kind of attitude didn't match our attitude and it was going to end up being much more headache than it was worth in, in that the advantages, the disadvantages far outweighed the advantages. Sure. And so I think it's like finding like, A, what is our perfect sort of representative ambassador look like? And then when you identify that, like being relentless about getting those types of people involved. And at the same time, like when you find those people, like give them everything, you know, give them the world, trust them to the, you know, trust, but verify, but trust them as far as you can possibly trust them. And, you know, because they've, you know, they've gone through those, those hoops in the beginning. Absolutely. And I love the idea of, you know, a a response like that already. It's kind of like, okay, so here's some ego right off the bat. And this is pretty aggressive right off the bat. He's already throwing some, some social flags. That's right. When you can have those conversations or and even and whether it's text or verbal, I, I think trusting your gut, like, you know, from my perspective in the seat that I'm sitting in, I think, you know, 99 out of 100 times, my gut feeling tends to be right about a situation. And so if, if I'm already feeling a bit rubbed the wrong way, then how's that going to get better if I open that person up to, you know, 30 people or 50 people? It's, it's likely not. So that being said, the vast majority of people that reach out to us are are really, you know, genuine, you know, authentic people. But but yeah, we don't just want to hand over the reins to anyone because, again, as much as I said that my focus is a healthy community, even above, you know, pushing a product, the reality is that the ambassadors we put in place still on a on a level still speak for Sketch. And so it is something that we have to be cognizant of. Great. Let's end there. Patrick, your awesome. money. <laughs> Thanks, Derek. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. Again, that's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod.